Good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 328. Page 328. At Calvary, we'll sing all four verses as we begin together tonight. Sing it out with me on that first verse. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me, he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I give to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty. At Calvary, all oh, the love that drew salvation's plan, all oh, the grace that brought it down to man, all oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Amen. Well, aren't you glad for Calvary tonight? Amen. And uh, what a blessing. Sure glad to see you here uh, tonight. It's good to be warm and dry. Amen. And uh, sure thankful, though, for the services uh, Sunday night and getting uh, just having a send-off service for uh, Jack and Lizzie Parker, our missionaries to Japan. Just a real blessing. And good to be back in the Lord's house uh, tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll certainly get right into our services uh, tonight. I'm going to ask Brother uh, Matt Whitney if you would open us in prayer tonight. And why don't you be seated uh, tonight, and um, well, we're just kind of running through the month of January here pretty quickly, and uh uh, of course, this coming Saturday is our uh, church-wide outreach, and so that's kind of the last uh, official thing uh, on the calendar, and then we dive right into February. If you did sign up uh, for the Midwest Couples Retreat, it is $190 a couple, and so make sure that you do turn in uh, your money for the retreat by uh, the retreat, which is February the 3rd and the 4th, uh, that Friday uh, and uh, Saturday uh, of course, uh, uh, if you have kids in the school, February the 7th, which is on a Tuesday, 
We will be having uh, volleyball and basketball games uh, again, be hosting them here at home that Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. I uh, had a great turnout last night and enjoyed ourselves and screamed and hollered and, and things like that. It was wild, man. It was wild. Amen. I uh, did just want to mention some other things. February the 12th, Brother Rocky Harrell will be here preaching, uh, a longtime pastor there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as well as the uh, Baptist history teacher at Heartland Baptist Bible College, and he's going to be here uh, filling uh, the pulpit, and then February the 18th is churchwide outreach, and we do have some other things coming up in the month of February. Men, I did just want to mention this, men, uh, February the 25th, which is on a Saturday, is our annual uh, bacon and bullets, and so we'll have a men's uh, prayer breakfast, still trying to work out the details there, and then uh, we'll go and blow something up, amen. Uh, what, so what we do best, right? Eat meat and blow stuff up. Amen. So, all right. Uh, thought I'd help you tonight. Amen. Take your uh, prayer list out uh, tonight, and uh, let's go ahead and, and get started uh, with that. Did just have some, <clears throat> excuse me, some prayer requests and some updates. Of course, do continue to pray for Brother Gary Clark uh, and uh, his family with the home going of Miss uh, Doris Clark. Do continue to pray also for our gymnasium. And our fellowship hall with uh, the flooding uh, there. And then certainly uh, a lot of sickness and and things uh, that have been kind of going around uh, the church. Brother C.J. Reeves and his family. And I I don't have my glasses on, but I think that's Brother C.J. back there. So good to see Brother C.J. here tonight. But do pray for Miss Rachel and Landon and the kids. Uh, Also, if you would, pray for Brother Chuck uh, Bellis, uh, his um, uh, mom, Miss Wanda Jackson, that's on our prayer list there on the first column next to the last there. It's in the nursing home and ended up getting COVID. She's doing pretty good with it, but just kind of on the mend. Uh, but do remember her uh, in prayer. And then also, if you would, pray for the Shane family, Brother Dave and Miss Deborah, their grandson, their new grandson. I think he's, what, maybe a month old or something. And uh, just an infant and uh, ended up uh, getting COVID as well. And so they got exposed to it. Uh, and uh, so just praying for them not to get it again, but also pray for their grandson. I know that they would appreciate uh, that. So he's been a very sick uh, little fellow, and so pray uh, for them. Any uh, prayer requests or updates uh, tonight as we go to the Lord uh, in prayer? Okay, Brother Matt. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. So Brother Matt Whitney and his family are down to one unspoken. So that's a real blessing there. Okay. Anybody else tonight? All right. Miss Georgie. Okay. So he has AFib. And they're going to be doing what? They're going to zap him? Okay. Okay. All right, so William Shutter. Okay, and that's Laura that we've got on our prayer list. So I need to change her last name, don't I? No? Okay, all right. All right, so... Let's pray for William Shutter then, and we'll get him on our prayer list for AFib. Absolutely. Okay, anybody else uh, tonight? Brother CJ? 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. All right, praise the Lord. All right, so let's pray for Miss Rachel, but then also we can take uh, Chuck Reeves off, and so that's a real blessing there. So praise the Lord. All right, anybody else? Brother Clark? Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, I remember you telling me that uh, as well. So that's who that was. Just had just got through the cancer and everything. We had her on for cancer, and they done the surgery. This a different Shirley Duggar. All right, how many Shirley Duggars you got in your crew there? Amen. So two. Amen. All right. So, so the other one had. Okay. All right. So, hey, this is the this is the the risk you take as a pastor trying to figure out everybody's family. All right. And so, but yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get the other Shirley Duggar on there, amen, for uh, the broken hip. And she did have surgery, and so she's recovering from that. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, so let's get her on our prayer list as well. All right, Miss Beth. Okay, so this is Caleb and Emily's car? Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's, uh, let's just pray for that situation. Lord will work it all out, okay? All right, anybody else tonight? All right, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight, and uh, certainly got quite a few on our prayer list uh, tonight, and I need to pray for these, and do continue to pray for these that need to be saved uh, or uncertain, and certainly uh, really the most important thing on our prayer list, do pray for our missionaries and church planners, and and, um, looking forward to the update tonight uh, at the end of our uh, service. Pray for Brother Will. Uh, Kennedy as well, he goes in uh, for his uh, doctor's appointment for his liver on Friday, and so pray for that. I know they're uh, anticipating things there, uh, hopefully to be able to move forward on the other, the uh, hernia, hernia surgery as well, so that would be a real blessing. So Brother Rich Raymer, would you pray for us tonight, brother?
Thank you, ladies. Let's stand one last time, please, and turn to page 377. Page 377, Set My Soul Afire, Lord. We'll sing all three verses tonight for our last song together. Page 377. Set my soul afire, Lord, for thy holy word. Burn it deep within me, let thy voice be heard. Millions grope in darkness in this day and hour. I will be a witness, fill me with thy power. Set my soul afire, Lord, set my soul afire. Make my life a witness of thy saving power. Millions grope in darkness, waiting for thy word. Set my soul afire, Lord, set my soul afire. Set my soul afire, Lord, for the lost in sin. Give to me a passion as I seek to win. Help me not to falter, never let me fail. Fill me with thy spirit. Let thy will prevail. Set my soul afire, Lord. Set my soul afire. Make my life a witness of thy saving power. Millions grope in darkness, waiting for thy word. Set my soul afire, Lord, in my daily life. For too long I've wandered in this day of strife. Nothing else will matter but to live for Thee. I will be a witness for Christ lives in me. Set my soul afire, Lord, set my soul afire. Make my life a witness of thy saving power. Certainly a prayer that each one of us should have. Amen. Would you remain standing, please? Get your Bibles out. Get them ready for the message tonight. What a blessing. Well, Ephesians tonight, the book of Ephesians in chapter 
uh, number five tonight. And uh, of course, we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And uh, man, I'm telling you, I think it's about the first three chapters are just incredibly uh, rich because our salvation in Christ is rich. Amen. And uh, I, I love the first part of that book and talking about salvation is by grace, by faith. I'm kind of going through all of this tonight because really our message tonight isn't about these things, that, but you need to be saved first and foremost. Amen. Uh, but then in chapter four, it gets very, 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 very practical. And uh, in fact, we saw some very practical things about the Christian life. In the last message uh, where we studied verses 18 through 21 of chapter 5, where it talks about to be filled with the Spirit of God. And in the very last part of that, one of the results of being filled with the Spirit of God is found in verse number 21. He says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And that is the idea of lowering oneself in humility and having respect for the authority as God has placed around us. Things like the Bible, um, church, all right, Christ, the pastors, so on. All of these things. And the, listen, the idea is this, is that when you're filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God does not lead you in rebellion. It leads you into obedience to the things of God. Somebody say amen. Now here's what a reason why I'm bringing all of that up. It's because when you look at verse 21, it says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And really, that subject of submission carries over into the very next paragraph of Scripture. So look at verse number 22. And this is where we're going to pick up tonight. The Bible says this, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of of water by the Word, that He might present it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever ever yet hated his own flesh. That's why he flexes in the mirror, ladies. But But nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So I I think that it would be very obvious tonight that as Paul deals with the subject of the fruit of the Spirit, one of those being that we submit ourselves one to another, he kind of carries that right over into beginning to deal with what I would say is the biblical roles of marriage. All right? And that's what you and I are going to look at uh, tonight. Now listen, I, I realize my audience tonight, I understand that, but you need to understand we are where we are. All right? And I, we're not going to jump around in all of those things. I realize there are those here tonight that are not married. 
There are those here that are married, all right? And I understand, and there may be some here tonight that would be left out of this, but I would also say this, I believe there's still some things that are applicable to every person here because he talks about the relationship that the church has with Jesus Christ, all right? So, but here's, but here's the, the main thought here, the main idea. If you are married, you need to know the roles that God has for you. All right, and you need to, listen, I'm just telling you, you and I need to know them, and we need to do them because it will drastically improve your marriage. All right, but here's the other thing. If you plan on getting married, you need to know these two. You need to know these two. And you need to marry someone that is saved and that is Baptist in their doctrine and that they are interested in following God's plan for the home and marriage like you should be interested in. So that's what we're going to look at here uh, tonight. So let's, I, I believe there'll be some good things here uh, tonight. Kind of, it's just kind of couples retreat preparation. <laughs> Amen. So I found out tonight, brother, uh, Quinlan didn't stay in, the, in his hotel room. And I said, just give me the key. And that way, if my wife starts snoring, I can get in your room and stay in your, and then I thought, well, I need the message tonight. Amen. So just kidding. Calm down. All right. Lord, help us tonight. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for being in your word tonight. What a sweet spirit around your people. And just pray that you bless the preaching, bless the fellowship tonight, and and just bless the, uh, Lord, bless the word of God tonight. Help us, Lord, to be the husbands and wives we need to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? Last, I mentioned a minute ago last night, we had our volleyball games and our basketball games and our uh, girls lost their uh, match again but our boys are now uh, two and0 in their uh, in their uh, games against heritage and so uh, being the coach I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know pretty excited about that uh, might finish the year with an undefeated season amen that'll be that'd be good right and then I'm going to retire amen so but you know when you when you're involved in this and I believe uh, brother Eric would would agree with this you when you you're watching these things and probably if you're in any of the games you can watch this but and I think all of us would understand that it, the kids on the basketball team or the kids on the girls on the volleyball team they all have their responsibilities and they all have their roles all, all right and 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 what what I noticed even in the games last night was that when they failed to keep that role and that responsibility, nine times out of ten, it costs the team in some way. Um, be, be in fact, I, I was, you know, I was, I was getting after our boys because uh, Heritage had scored two three-point shots in, in the first half, and we were playing zone defense, and so they had, you know, so, you know they kept passing the ball around, and, and one way or another, they got left with a, basically a wide-open shot, and, and the guys, you know, ended up making their shot. But the reason was this. Because our guys weren't in their positions. And usually what happens is this. Somebody gets selfish and wants to, you know, get a block shot or something like that. So you got guys that are supposed to be in this area, but yet they're all the way over here on the other side of the court. And I'm going, what are y'all doing? You're leaving guys, guys wide open. And I, that's why you see me on the sideline screaming, you know, and, and head turning red. And I'm about to pop. And I prob- my wife's probably worried about my blood pressure. Amen. Now here's what I'm trying to get across to you tonight, okay? When, when it comes to the home and marriage, the husband and the wife have roles, all right? I think we'd all understand that tonight. And listen, listen, 
It's a shame that I have to clarify this tonight, but we do have to in our day and time. Biblical marriage is between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. All right, not, not, what, you, not what you identify as, but the what God created you as. All right, so let's just get that out of the way uh, right, right off the bat. But, but you understand, the husband has his responsibility and the wife has her responsibility. And when, when we fail to uphold those roles and responsibilities, the idea of, is this, is that the marriage will struggle, but here's the thing, ultimately more, all right? And, and so the family, even the family unit will struggle. And even the church will, will struggle. And, and so that's the idea here tonight. God created the home and the church. Okay? He created both of those things. And please get this tonight. He did not make those to be in competition with one another. Listen, you understand tonight, Sunday is not fun day or family day. It is the Lord's day. And the best thing that you could ever do for your family is to have them in the house of God Sunday morning and Sunday night and getting the things of God, all right? But here's the point. When God, when God gives us the roles in marriage within His Word, folks, these are not just suggestions that you, you and I can take it or leave it. These are, thing, these are commandments, and, and we've got to understand the one that created the home and created marriage, all right, He knows how it works best. And he, listen, and it would be in our best interest to submit ourselves to these things. And, and so that's the idea of you and I get, getting into this passage tonight. And the other aspect of that plan, okay, the other aspect of following his plan is this, is not only does it make the marriage stronger, but it makes the family unit stronger. And, and think about this, ultimately the church stronger. You understand when them kids make a mistake on the on the team, and I was illustrating earlier, it's not just them that 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 it costs or that it hurts. If somebody, you, you know, it costs the whole team. Well, it's the same way in the church, friend. You, you got to understand, families are only as strong as the church they are in, and churches are only as strong as the families that are in them. And I'm I'm just telling you tonight that it would it would be it would be wise for us as husbands and wives. And families in this church tonight to submit ourselves to the Word of God so that we can be as strong as, as possible in this day and age. I, I'm just telling you uh, tonight. Let's, let's get into this thing tonight. Look at verse 22 and 23. So he says this. He says in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And so really what I would say to you is that right off the bat, Paul does what any good Baptist preacher does and starts a fight with who he's writing to. <laughs> kind of like what I'm dealing with tonight, because some of y'all are going, like, really, here we go again. Well, yeah, here we go again, but it's Bible. All right? And you understand really what he's going, jumping right into is really this, the authority and the roles. All right? And, and, and how everything... Listen, anything with, with more than one head on it's a monster. Whether that be a church or a home. Okay? Christ is to be the head of the church. We understand that tonight. It's certainly right there. You can go to Colossians 1.18 and look at it as well. And you say, well, preacher, how, how is Christ the head of the church? Well, the way that that happens is when you and I, as a body of believers, we submit ourselves to the Word of God. Right, the, the New Testament Scriptures is to be our authority 
for faith and practice. We, we are not legislative tonight. In other words, we don't make up things as we go. No, my friend, we are executive, meaning this. We simply carry out what God has already given us in His Word. That is our responsibility tonight. I am not the head of this church. The deacons are not the head. Jesus Christ is to be the head of this church. And let me also say this tonight. If anyone, anyone in those offices stands up and begins to attempt to lead this church contrary to Him in His work, they need to be removed from their office immediately. I'm just telling you tonight, because here's why. They are outside of the boundaries of the Word of God, and Christ is to be the head of it. doesn't need to be anybody else in charge, just the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we just follow the things of God. But, But here's the idea, all right? Just as there is a chain of command within the church to keep things in order and unity, there is a chain of command within the home. And that's what Paul begins to deal with here. Look at verse number 22, because he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So wives are to submit themselves to the leadership of their husband. When God created the home, all right. The Bible says that He created the woman in Genesis to be the, the helpmeet, and the helpmeet, that is a helper, someone that comes alongside and assists. She is not to usurp authority of her husband's leadership, but rather be supportive of his leadership by submitting herself to him. Look down at verse number 33 that ends the chapter. He says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So she is to reverence her husband. And I like verse number 22 because it says that, she's, that wives, watch this, are to submit, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Now, why does it say that? Well, here's why. Because it is a shame if she's willing to submit herself to the authority of a man in the workplace or even in the church, but not in the home. So, so that's the idea there. The wife... The wife is the helpmeet. She's to submit, and she completes the home in the marriage, but when she fails to submit uh, to her husband, she fails to complete the home in the marriage. And as the helpmeet, the wife brings harmony to the home. She sets the tone and the atmosphere of the home. Like the old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. There's a lot of truth to that, men. But you understand, ladies, you listen, you, you must understand that you have a role within the marriage that is not a lesser role just because it's not a leadership role. You have something incredibly powerful at your exposure, and that's called influence. Listen, you control the attitude of your home. A meek and quiet spirit brings peace to the home. A kindness brings joy into the home. Your tenderheartedness brings love into the home. But at the same time, I think it'd also be fair to say this, when there is constant nagging and complaining or even degrading your husband and creates a very negative atmosphere in the home. And so ladies, you have to be very careful of that. I, I remember going through this as we were going through uh, the, the, uh, you know, the home and parenting and stuff and going through some of these things. I was talking about a couple that was in the church there at Cashville and it was just amazing to watch God work in their life. The husband got saved. The wife got saved. And as they continued on, their teenage daughter got saved. God was just doing a work, and it was a blessing to see. And I guess it was probably about a year or so after being in the church, and then all of a sudden just 
you know, they started kind of getting hit and miss, and then the next thing you know, they just quit coming all together. And so I, I would go, I'd try to text them or call them, and they wouldn't respond. And son, there's a bug right there. There you go. Husbands are to be the leaders of their home. Amen. I'll get there. Just wait just a minute. Amen. I don't have anything in there about he's supposed to be a man and kill bugs, but that'll work. Amen. So, anyways, I was visit. Anyways, this fa- this family God was doing a work in, and all of a sudden they stopped coming, and I I finally got a hold of them. I, it was a long story. I I tried to reach out to them, and anyways, I finally called them all at home, and I walked in, and man, you just talking about such a. I mean, it was just a. Such a negative atmosphere in the home. And I, I set them down and I'm like, what, what in the world is going on with you people? I said, man, God has been doing a work in your life and in your family. What, what, what is the matter? And this is what they begin to say. What would happen is this. The wife would come home from her job and the husband would come home from his job and the kids would come home from school and the wife would start complaining about her job and then the husband would start complaining about his job and the kids would start complaining about their school and all their responsibilities. And man, it was just, it created just this whole negative atmosphere to where everybody just got sick of one another and went all to their rooms until the rest of the night and the next day started. And I was sitting there looking at them and I looked and I, this is what I said. I'm like, you guys are nuts. I said, think about everything that God has been doing in your life. What does the matter with you? I said, start coming home and thanking God for things and praising God for things and looking for the blessings of God through, throughout the day. And I never forget that next Sunday, she, uh, the family came back uh, into the church and the wife had a big smile on her face and I walked and she said, thank you for you know, helping us and telling us that. Said it said, it turned our whole house around the last few days. It's been such a joy to be at home with the kids. And I went, well, praise the Lord. Because here's the thing. She started coming home and rejoicing and, and praising God and, instead of complaining. And, and ladies, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, ladies, learn to be positive and focus on thankfulness and the blessings and the grace of God because God is good and He's been very good to us. And there are always things, even in the hardships, to look at and to rejoice in God in. And so focus on those things and then submit to the leadership of your husband and come alongside him because here's the thing. You can encourage him and you can build him up to be the man God wants him to be. Ladies, you play an incredibly important role in this, friend. And and I'm telling you, that's the idea of what Paul is trying to get across. It's amazing to me when you look at the order of it. He doesn't deal with the men first, though he should. He deals with the ladies first because of the importance of their role. So, So it'll bring harmony to the home. But here's the other thing. Look at verse number 23. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So this is the idea that where wives are to submit, the, the husbands are to lovingly lead their wives. Men, we're, the, we're to be the decision makers in the home. That doesn't mean she doesn't have a say over anything. Right. Be, be a fact, I would say this, she's probably your greatest counselor. Yeah. And it'd be wise for us men to ask and, and, you know, and get their opinion on some things because, I'm, listen, my, I've learned this, my wife sees things in a whole different light than I do, probably because she asks a lot of questions. I mean, she asks a lot of questions. But she understands, I, I mean, and, there, and I'm glad for that, because there are times where I'm just like, you know, Mongo want candy, Mongo go get candy. And I'm just like, got a one-track mind. And I'm thinking, let's just go do this. And I go, hey, what do you think about this? She'll start, well, what, what about this? And what, I, I never thought of that. 
It's a good thing I did. Good thing I asked her. I'm just saying to you, listen, it'd be good. But however, you understand, men as leaders, we're, we're to have the final decision there. And there are times where I will take my wife's advice, and there are times where I won't. Because of what God wants you to do as a leader in your home. The husband, I want you to think about this, men. We're to be the initiator. And this is what drives me nuts. Boy, I'm telling you, you want to get on a soapbox tonight. Men ought to be the spiritual uh, initiators in the home. I, I'm talking about men leading their families. Men, I, listen, I, your, women, your wives do not need to sit there and try to drag you to church along with the children. She doesn't need any more children. She needs a man. You understand, when Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that wasn't Joshua's wife, that was Joshua. And you get the idea that he was a man and led in his home and put his foot down. And, and that's the way men should be when it comes to spiritual things and leading in those things. And husbands are to be the provider of the home. And, 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 and again, the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 was well acquainted with labor and all of those things. Not to mean that the wife cannot work, but I'm just saying to you that her primary responsibility is to be the home, and God gave the men the broad shoulders to carry the load and to, and, to, and to labor and to provide for their home. Be a man and have a job. Mercy, have a job. Everybody's hiring today, but no men want to work. And, and so men need to work, and men are to be the constructors of the home and to build up the home and 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 and, uh, and and you know and to, and to not to tear down or and to tear down the things that are not pleasing unto the Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter six and verse number four. It says, "And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord." The nurture and admonition of the Lord implies both spiritual building and spiritual rebuking. It is the dad, the man of the home, that's to be the primary spiritual enforcer to correct the children that's that's on that well you know the little woman that's her job take care of the kid no it's your job son it's your job listen when, when i was a kid nobody ever looked at me and said you wait till your mama gets home and i went oh but when mom looked at me and said you wait till your daddy gets home that'll ruin your day right there Amen. just telling you it means more when it comes from dad Amen? I'm just telling you, that's what men are supposed to do. So women are to submit, men are to lead. Amen? But now look, he goes into this analogy, all right, of these roles. All right? And, and so the idea is this, is he gives, he gives this contrast, as he has been prone to do throughout the book of Ephesians, but he gives this contrast to kind of help further explain those roles and he gives this contrast between Christ and the church, all right? And, and so, as already seen, and, and, and you know, and just pointed out, uh, Christ, uh, you, you know, the church is to submit itself to the headship of, of Christ. And, and so, just like that, the wife is to submit herself to the headship of the husband in, in the home. And so, look at verse 23 again. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And He is the Savior of the body. So therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in, in everything. And, and ladies, you please understand this. This is not about, and don't come to me with this feminist garbage today. It's, we're looking at the Bible, not the world. Okay, We're looking at the Bible plan. Not the world's plan, not what Hollywood has to say. We're looking at the Bible plan. 
And you need to understand this, though, that even in the, even in the midst today of all the cries and complaints and all those things, this is, this is not about equality or making you of less value within the home. You understand, this is about, this is about both husbands and wives learning what God intends for our roles to be within the marriage, and then both of them submitting to that role. One of my favorite verses is in 1 Corinthians 11, 3, when dealing with this subject. And if you want to turn there, you can, uh, just really quickly. I've got it in my notes, and I'm going to read it. But if you want to turn there, you can, because here's what it says. It says, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, men. So we still got somebody we got to submit ourselves to. And then it says, and the head of the woman is the man. All right, so notice the chain of command. Christ, the husband, and the wife, right? But then it says this, and the head of Christ is God. Now I want you to think about that for a minute, all right? Because the point of showing you that in just that last phrase right there is to say this, that there are even order and roles and responsibilities even in the Godhead. You understand you got the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and so even right here, it tells us that the head of Christ is God, meaning this, that the Son submitted Himself to the Father's plan for you and me in salvation. And so, but here's the thing. Now watch this. They're still all God. And they're still co-equal. Is everybody getting that? That means this. They're still just as valuable. Is everybody, is everybody getting that? So when you and I are looking at our roles and our responsibilities here as the husband and the wife, it's not trying to say, well, you know, the husband's more important. Then the wife, no, I don't, no. No, I think they're both very important. And I think it's learned just one learning about their roles while the other one learns about their roles. And if they'll both submit to their roles, everything will work in the chain of commands. Everybody catching that? That's what he's, what he's trying to get across here. It's a pretty powerful analogy though, isn't it? That the role of the wife is to submit herself to the headship of her husband just like the role of the church is to submit ourselves to the headship of Jesus Christ. And I want you to listen now when I now when I think about that as a husband to me that's a convicting thought because here's the deal. It becomes even more important for me to be someone who can be counted on to lead in my home. Right. Do you, do you ever, come on because here's the thing. As a church body, I think we would all agree tonight that when it comes to the headship of Jesus Christ I can always trust that Christ and His Word has exactly what we need. And can tell us the right direction to go. And so the idea is this, that, that I'm supposed to be that for my wife. That's convicting. Because i got to be honest with you, every decision I make, I know is not the right one. So some of you are like, that's you, I'm good. I'm. No, I, I think we'd all say that. But you understand that just that speaks to me to say this. Therefore, I, I definitely need Christ as my head. I need His wisdom and His grace and His guidance in, in my life if I'm to lead my family in the, thing, in the things of God. But at the same time, ladies, it's still your responsibility to submit whether He be right or He be wrong. <laughs> well, the air just got sucked out of the room on that one, didn't it? But no, 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 but, but, but it, you know, when you go over to 1 Peter chapter 3 and it talks about Abraham and Sarah, and Sarah called him Lord, but yet, you know, and she still submitted 
and was faithful to follow his leadership even when he talked her into lying and led her down into Egypt. And she trusted God to take care of them. And you know what she found? God is faithful. How about that? See, guys, I just helped us out. Bailed us out of a lot of trouble right there. Now, I, I think we, we carry a lot of responsibility here too, don't we? But here's the other thing, friends. Just as, just as Christ loved the church, here's the other thing. Men are to love their, their wives. Look at verse number 25. As he goes, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So men ought, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, yet nourisheth uh, and cherisheth it. Even as the Lord the church, for we are the members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And again, it's a tremendous picture here. Those of us who are saved, if we've even submitted ourselves to be part of Faith Baptist Church, what he's saying here is this, just as the church at Ephesus was part of Christ, we are part of Christ. We're members of his body, his flesh, and his bones. He loved us and he gave himself for us. But again, it's a picture of marriage. And he, and he goes into this, like, the two become one flesh. And the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And by doing so, by doing so you are loving your own self because now she's part of you. That's the idea. It's a beautiful picture, but it's also one of instruction because we know this, the love of Christ toward His church, it was not lip service. In other words, He doesn't just tell us He loved us. He showed it. He demonstrated it, friend, by giving Himself, by sacrificing Himself. He did it with action, and that's the responsibility that the husband has towards the wife. Not just to tell her you love her, but demonstrate it. I like First like Peter 3, 7. Likewise, ye husbands, talking about the wives, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And I like that. It says, dwell with them according to knowledge. Well, you do need to know this. No man's ever figured out a woman. All right, but praise God, we're not called to figure them out, but we are, to, we are called to love them. And to dwell with them with that kind of knowledge and provide for them and to lead them and to love them. And sometimes, listen, sometimes men, you got to, and I realize a lot of guys have been here married, you know, as long or more than I have. And we understand you, you don't always have to fix their problems. Because that's what men are. We be fixers. All right. But sometimes she just needs you to listen. I don't know if you ever, I was telling Brother Keith Rinker this one time. He'd never seen this and I had to send it to him. It was on YouTube. But it was the one, it was a man and a husband and a wife sitting on the couch and the wife has this nail sticking out of her head. And she's just looking at her husband going, man, my head just hurts. And he's like, yeah, I know. You got a nail. She's like, no, it's not about the nail. It just hurts. Will you just listen to me? He, anyways, it, it's a great video. Look it up. What I'm saying to you, but the idea is this. Sometimes she just wants you to listen and not fix it. Sometimes she, she's the emotional creature. Sometimes she needs to vent. Sometimes she needs to cry. Sometimes she needs to talk. 
Sometimes she needs to go buy shoes for no reason at all. Amen. Even, at, even if you are at the Cracker Barrel, right? Amen. That'll work. Sometimes she needs to go on a date and be taken out of the house and away from the children. Amen. But here's, here's the other thing, and I want you to think about this. Not just, let's go a little deeper here. Because probably most all of us in here have heard things along this line. But I want to point this out, and, and really as I was chewing on this, I, I, you know, this just, <clears throat> I don't know, just, you know, Lord just speaking and praying about it. But let me, let me just give you something else. Just as the roles between the church and Christ are an, an, an uh, analogy for the marriage, the roles of marriage are an analogy for the children. Let me, let me explain to you what that means. The wife is to submit herself to the leadership of her husband and to show reverence and respect for him. But ladies, you've got to consider this. Your children will learn respect and honor from you. Did you catch that? And your attitude towards your husband will teach the children to have the same attitude towards him as well as other authorities in your life or in their life. And whether you like it or not, it's a proven fact that children spend more time with mom than any other person. And certainly more than dad. And therefore, it's of the utmost utmost importance that moms be a godly example to their children by demonstrating this reverence. And I want you to think about our culture today. Look at our culture today. Homes are out of order and it's generated a society that is incredibly out of order and despises authority. And listen, I'm just, listen, here's the thing. It's of no coincidence that we are, you understand, this is what the world has promoted, you know, for the last several decades in, in Hollywood, is that the husband, it, you know, the dad is a moron on any TV show, and the mom rules and runs the home and usurps authority if the kids aren't running it. And, and so you understand, friend, I'm just saying this has created a generation today that now has zero reverence for any type of authority. And, and you understand that, that's, that, that, that comes from the home. That's, that's where we're at in our day and time. I mean, most people don't even realize this. We talk about the good old shows like, like Andy Griffin. Most people don't even realize that was Hollywood's first attempt to show that a home could work without a mom. Did you ever notice there's no, there's no wife ever talked about or mom for Opie? But at least, praise God, Andy takes him back to the woodshed every now and then. But you understand what I'm saying to you? That's, it just kind of trickles down and look at where we are t- today. And so you've got to understand that, friend, that there's, there's an analogy that takes place here. That just as Christ and His church, there's a picture there to the husband and wife. Well, you also need to understand, husband and wife, there's a picture that you're giving to your children. Hello? And it's also men, men here, and men are to love. And, and this is why I believe this commandment's given to men, is because our children will learn how to love from us. And they will, they will watch how dad treats people around him, like, like his church family, but also his wife. And by the way, men, your wife should be the primary one you show love to. Because the kids are not going to be around forever. And if you're not loving her, you're going to be sitting in the house one day and the kids are going to be gone. You're going to be staring across the living room with somebody you don't even know. But why do you, again, why do you think the definition of love has changed today to lust? 
Well, here's why. It's because men are really acting like boys. And this is what we've become t- today. And I, listen, I, you, and, and, and this is powerful to me. And I want you to think about this. Men, you'll be the primary examples of the Heavenly Father in the home. Think about that. And children should be learning of the Heavenly Father's love and faithfulness by seeing their dad's love and faithfulness to his wife in the home. And when children do not have this, they will struggle under fully understanding. Even saved people will full, you know, will, you know, they won't fully understand God's love for them. It takes them time. And over the years, I've seen, I've seen teenagers and young adults, they struggle in this area tremendously. They doubt their salvation. They, re- they wrestle to comprehend God's love and mercy and forgiveness in their life. They deal with bitterness and anger. And nine times out of ten, it goes back to not having a right relationship with the dad in the home where the dad was not what he was supposed to be or he wasn't there at all. And dads, that's a powerful thought and it's why it's, why it's so important that we fulfill this command, part of your children understanding the Heavenly Father's love for them will be the picture you provide in the home. I'm, I'm done. I'm through. Because you guys look like y'all have already checked out mentally. But I'm through, but I want you to catch the last thing here, and that's the arrangement of this. Okay? Because you look at it, Paul jumps in and deals with the authority in the home right off the bat. And then he deals with the analogy here and gives a tremendous picture. But there's an arrangement here, and what I mean by that is how the Scriptures are orchestrated in all of this. Do do you understand that there is a reason why Paul deals with the, the instruction that you and I as children of God are to be filled with the Spirit of God? And then he goes into the roles of a marriage. Do you know why? Because if you look at it real closely, you'll understand real quickly. These things don't come naturally to our flesh. That's right. They don't. That's why when you start out the night on Wednesday night with wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands, the air gets sucked out of the room because we all march in here on Wednesday night by half in our flesh and half cocked and wound up just waiting for the preacher to make us mad. But it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't. Do you know what's, what's crazy is? Is it's actually the polar opposite. Women are naturally more affectionate. When my kids get hurt, they don't come to me for comfort and you know, sympathy. They're not going to get that. Boy, walk it off. I, mean, I heard Brother Will talking about it last night when the basketball. Get up, walk it off. It's like, I don't care if your bone's sticking out of your leg. You'll be all right. Put some dirt on it. Boy. They don't know they go to mom. Because she's more naturally loving and caring. And men, don't be offended by this, but do you know this? Men are just naturally more better at submitting. Why do you think men make the better soldier? Because men, listen, women ask questions. Men don't ask questions. Give them an order, son. They'll just charge it. Go for it. Run through that big wall, brick wall. All right. They just go for it. And men, I, just speaking from my own perspective, we're just naturally better, you know, we're just naturally more lazy. And we'd rather somebody just tell us what to do. I don't want to make decisions. Right. Some of you men are like going, I agree with that, but I'm not, give, I'm not giving you nothing right now. <laughs> you know that to be true. 
So there's a reason why he goes, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Then he gives you the roles. Because without, without you and me being filled with, our, with the Spirit of God, we're never going to fulfill this. Which is why a lot of Christian homes are out of order today. Which is why you sit back in America and the statistic for divorce is the same as among Christians as it is lost people. Because we don't have a daily walk with God and we're not spending time with God in His Word and in prayer. And don't look at me like, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, the first place you'll see it is the relationship of the husband and the wife. Because there can be days when I get up and I don't pray and I don't read my Bible. And the next thing you know, my words are a little sharper than normal. My HRF is a little more stern. My HRF, hostile resting face. Just look. A little quick, a little more quick-tempered with my children instead of having patience with them. And my wife will so graciously come up to me and go, Hey, babe, have you spent time with the Lord today? That's none of your business. <laughs> trying to be super spiritual. I know you, you never do that, right? <laughs> you know what? And I know this, and she, she'll tell you this too, that there's been times where I've had to do the same thing to her. Because you're never going to fulfill these roles if you're not willing to submit to the things of God and walk in the Spirit of God. Amen. That's the arrangement. So there's an authority, and there's an analogy. But you and I got to be filled with the Spirit. Well, preacher, you know, that's just not my personality. It ain't got nothing to do with your personality. Stop it. Stop making excuses and submit to the things of God. Walk in the Spirit of God. And you'll find yourself doing exactly what God's called you to do. Whether it be in your church or in your home, in your marriage. Let's all stand tonight.